horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Always great to have you back on. I hope you had a great Father's Day, whether you were giving tribute to yours or being feted as the uh, sire of your brood. So uh, hope you had a great Father's Day. And, uh, of course, uh, coming up uh, a week from now, we'll be getting ready for Fourth of July holiday, which we're really going to get a lot of stakes races. So uh, stay tuned and get ready with your easy win forms and your BetUS.com accounts because the Fourth of July is coming. But we got fireworks up in the Cleveland area this week. That's right. Thistledown Racetrack uh, will be host to the best racing on Saturday for sure. Uh, there's going to be a pick for all stakes. Now, uh, Rich Root is going to come on with us. Uh, we've had Rich on before. Uh, a lot of you will recognize him as the oh, decades-long uh, in-house handicapping. Sharp guy, great guy. Love to have him on. But Rich also works in the racing office. So, you know, he sees who's entered, who's not, who's coming, and he's got a heads up. And uh, so he's got the inside skinny on these races. But real quick, uh, we the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th, we're going to try to fed out the uh, the pick four for you. Hopefully you can do that. And, uh, again, 8, 9, 10, 11. The 8th starts at 3, 18 Eastern. So we start out with two Buckeye bread uh, stakes races. There's 75,000 each. The first one has seven of the eight starters coming out of the same race, and it was a close finish. Good luck picking the winner in there. I think that's where you go long if you're playing your pick four. And uh, then, of course, Ohio Breds, they meet each other a, a lot. And uh, these uh, in the ninth race, uh, you, you've got the horses, and luckily it's a full field of 13. You want to talk about betting opportunities. It's coming up in the George Lewis Memorial Saturday at Thistledown. 13 horses in the field, and they've all been taking turns beating each other. Then we move on to a race that was introduced several years back called the Lady Jacqueline. It's worth a quarter of a million dollars, and they're going to ask fillies and mares to go a mile and an eighth. It's a field of 10, and it is packed with talent. Check this out. Three multiple graded stakes winners. Crazy beautiful, trained by Ken McPeak, who's already earned just 12 grand short of a million. Then you got Army Wife, trained by Mike Maker. I think Mike might even be sneaking a rabbit into a race later in the day, but we'll talk about that. And uh, then you've got uh, Maracuja, who won the Coaching Club's American Oaks last year at Saratoga and was second in the Gazelle. And think about some of the people that are coming in town for this race and the about-to-be-mentioned Ohio Derby. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Brian Hernandez, Tyler Gaff-Leone, uh, Kendrick Karamuch, and, of course, uh, Rafael Barano, who uh, just had uh, win number five, 500 at Churchill Downs. Quite an honor. Uh, he's going to be up there riding for D. Wayne Lucas in this race. So it's packed, and, and then we, we, get, we get on over into the Ohio Derby. We're talking again, Kendrick Karamuch, 
Rafael Barrano, Tyler Gaff-Leone, Irad Ortiz will be riding Tony Port, uh, winner of the Lexington Stakes, and Brian Hernandez and Kenny McPeak, they're teaming up for another one with Classic Causeway. I'm going to try to find out what uh, Kenny's done since taking over management of this horse. So that's a look at the racing side of it. On the uh, first segment that we're, that we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Dave Bassler. Now, I got to work with Dave for a couple of years when I was with the Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners. He's one sharp cookie. And Dave is in charge of the HBPA uh, for the state of Ohio. Uh, but he's also, what you got to know about Dave Bassler is he also used to work for the Daily Racing Forum. So, uh Dave's got an interesting background, and he spoke at the uh, HBPA convention about uh, fixed odds wagering and the benefits that it can have to horse racing. So we're going to talk to Dave about that, and of course, HISA, Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, is coming out with corrections to their opening date, and, and a lot of things going on with HISA. Eric Hamelback, the chief guy at the HPPA, uh, put together a, I think it was a three-hour Zoom call this week. I know that Dave was a part of it, and we'll talk about their uh, relationship or ongoing non-relationship with HISA, depending on uh, Dave Bassler's view. But So Rich Ruta and Dave Bassler right out of the gate for us. Now, latest headline and I'm talking hours old, it looks like uh, Bob Baffert is going to be suspended through January 25th. So uh, as they say in prison, he got credited with time served. So they opted not to uh, approve the two-year suspension of Baffert. Uh, they uh, recommended, of course, by hearing officer. So we'll, we'll find out. But Basically, the panel formally gave Baffert a year suspension, credit him for 59 days, uh, and as so he'll have that temporary suspension as well as the 90-day suspension issued by the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. And, of course, Naira is a reciprocal state, so uh, that will uh, eliminate him for the big races. But as we've seen, he hasn't had any problem uh, turning his horses over to Sean McCarthy and uh, Tim Yakteen. I understand that even some of his help went over to assist with the transfer of some of those horses. So anyhow, got time for time served. He got days off. So we, we won't see Baffert in action until after next January at the New York and Kentucky tracks. Echo Zulu. Remember the acorn scratched at the gate was about one to five in the odds. Well, has uh, been checked out by the doctor and uh, Larry Bramlage. And uh, basically she was scratched because they thought there was a little uh, funny way that she was going. But Echo Zulu may have had a little strain in her suspensory, but She's back at Churchill Downs under the care of Steve Asmussen. So I'm sure they're going to go nice and easy on her just to see how everything's going. So uh, hopefully last year's champ will be back. So coming up, in addition to the Grade 3 Ohio Derby, for those of you who keep in notes, really good race uh, with the Mother Goose Stakes at, at Belmont. And then 
up in Chicago, Wisconsin versus Bell's the One in the grade three Chicago. And no, it's not in Chicago. It's at Churchill Downs because Arlington isn't in Chicago anymore. Well, I uh, kind of let this story slip a little bit at the head of the show. Rafael Bayerano, the 15th jockey to win 500 at Churchill. Now, I got to watch Rafael. I was there. Bob, Bobby. Bob Johnny was the name of his uh, first winner at River Downs. Got to know him before he spoke ooh, probably five words of English. Well, he's come a long way, baby. Has gone out, uh, did extremely well on the West Coast for many, many years. Now he's kind of settling back in the Midwest. He's picking up mounts at Churchill Downs again. Sometimes change is good for a change. And he's still riding winners at Churchill Downs. Count them 500 at Churchill Downs alone. This puts him in some pretty nice company now. Uh, uh, Pat Day, Calvin Burrell, Robbie uh, Alvarado, Julian Le Peru, Don Brumfield, uh, Julio Espinoza, Charlie Woods, one of my favorites. Uh, it's it's a, a really solid club, as you could tell from those names I just threw out there. Well, while we still have time, I know I've got some extra stories I'm not going to get to. Want to get to uh, uh, last week's results. Had a great time watching uh, Monmouth Park. And, uh, of course, the header there was the Salvatore Mile. And everybody was there to watch Hot Rod Charlie. And he gave them one game performance. But it fell a no short. Mind Control, written by Johnny V, who opted to uh, go to the front, uh, He's kind of a versatile horse, but he's never really gone wire to wire in any of these big races. Um, took the lead. Hot Rod Charlie and Mike Smith in the saddle this time looked like they were getting ready to just go on by. But Velasquez and Mind Control put their mind to it and got down and came back. Hot Rod Charlie, another hard luck beat at Mammoth Park. You may recall that uh, it was in the Haskell Stakes when he drifted in and was disqualified and placed last in the Haskell moving Mandaloon up. So uh, that was a tough beat at Mammoth Park and this one was strictly on the racetrack and uh, had nothing to do with the DQ. But uh, we'll hear more from Hot Rod Charlie, I'm sure. But gutsy comeback by Mind Control. Earlier in the car it was the Eaton Town, and it was Shug McGahey being overlooked. Stolen holiday, stole it 25 first quarter, uh, 50 and three second quarter, wire to wire. Jose Lescano for Shug McGahey, stolen holiday, first Lasix after a return from Lasix uh, a year ago. It paid off. Stolen holiday got the job done in the Eaton Town over Vigilante's Way. And uh, third was La Mistra, who is Eric Wing's top pick. And then in the Mama Stakes itself, uh, the winner was the favorite. Big surprise here, a mile on the turf. Chad Brown with a French bread. Manny Franco got the job done. Sent away is the favorite. Waited to the final furlong and just exploded under strong hand urging in the second spot. 
was Safe Conduct at 7 to 1. All right, that's a look at this week's highlights and stories, last week's main events. We're going to take a quick break here and learn some more about BetUS.com and the easy win forms here at WinningPonies.com. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Dave Bassler from the HBPA. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and welcome back. As I told you at the head of the show, uh, Dave Bassler was going to be our first guest right out of the gate. And uh, while he is uh, uh, known as the executive director of uh, the Ohio HBPA and the Thurman Horseman's Health Fund, uh, I first met him up in the press box at beautiful Beulah Park, uh, where at the time he served in a couple different capacities, uh, uh, working as the mutual line supervisor. And then later I saw him up. He was working with, with the uh, daily racing form, uh, uh, doing a freelance reporting and uh, working with the, the chart caller. So what's interesting about uh Dave and in the role he serves is he's got background into the other side of racing. He also has a degree in accounting, I believe, from the Ohio State University. Dave Bassler, welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Well, like I said, you, you've got a unique perspective. I don't know if there's anybody else on any HBPA uh, uh uh, d- positions like that you have uh, countrywide that can say they once worked for the daily racing form, but it does give you a, a unique perspective. I, I tried to paint the picture there and let them know this happened, you know, months ago uh, back at the HBPA conference, but uh, Jenny Reese, uh, she put out an interesting statement saying, uh, Dave Bassler sees betting on table tennis in Asia and envisions it being replaced 
with horse racing in America's burgeoning sports books. So, Dave, tell us, uh, first, what is fixed odds gambling? Can it be easily implemented in the machines at racetracks or the sports books that are slowly being implemented throughout the country? And how does it work and why does it benefit horse racing? Uh, fixed odds wagering, John, is uh, is traditionally how you would bet on football, baseball, basketball. So when you see the lines, you know, minus 120, if you take the Celtics, plus 140, if you take the Golden State Warriors, uh, that means if, if, if the Warriors win, uh, you get $240 for every 100 you bet. Uh, if the Celtics win, you've got to bet a little bit more than 100 to, to get your 100 back. But regardless of the, the, the deal with fixed odds as opposed to paramutual is, regardless of when you make the bet, your odds are locked in. So in paramutual wagering, obviously, we all know that when you make the bet, your odds might be two to one, and they may go to three to one, or they may go down to six to five, depending on what happens uh, with the rest of the, the people who bet between then and, and when the race goes off. But fixed odds wagering, you're locked in at the price that uh, that you bet at. Um, so that's what fixed odds is. And I think that, yes, to the second question, it can be implemented fairly easily at, uh, at any sports book the technology certainly is there um they've been taking fixed odds wagers in europe on horse racing for the better part of 20 years so no technology issues at all and i think to the third question the reason why it's exciting for uh, potentially exciting for our industry in the u.s is you know especially when in the age that unfortunately we've got a lot of short fields uh, and a lot of short fields sometimes in in big stakes races Fixed odds wagering has a lot more opportunity to to take different types of uh, of wagers than we do in in paramutual wagering, uh, and by that I mean if there's a, a two to five shot or one to five shot in a five horse field, the fixed odds can be set by the the sports book uh, to take that one to five shot completely out of the pool. So he's going to run, but regardless of where he finishes, the other four are racing for fixed odds purposes, and they set their price accordingly. Uh, so, if you if you think that one to five shot can't get beat, uh, but you're not interested in, in taking that short of a price, then you've got the opportunity to to essentially make a win bet on any of the other four. And regardless of uh, whether that one to five shot beats you or not, you're the race as if it he wasn't in there. They've also got the ability to to do things like make wagers on uh, on take wagers on which jockey has the best day uh, they could have a you know a 531 system for first second and third and on a big day you know you could have Flavian Pratt versus Javier Castellano versus Mike Smith and they'll have a price on all three of those riders and you know whoever gets the most points at the end of the day wins so there's some opportunities to take different kinds of bets that might appeal to people who don't normally watch racing but watch sports instead so it's pretty exciting dave now i i think one thing and you painted the picture perfectly i hope everyone was listening is and and you know that it's an epidemic in racing right now is the short fields that were played with and you know and there are certain tracks uh, i don't know if it goes from track to track or whatever where uh, th there's a certain domination and if you could like you said if you could take that one to five shot out now i can have some fun 
You know what I mean? It's like Absolutely. you don't want to bet him. You don't want to bet against him. And there's no money to be made if you do bet him. You know, now my yeah, question. No, absolutely. I think that's a, that's an opportunity, like I said, especially with some of the uh, the shorter fields that we're running up against here. It, it makes potentially some unbettable races bettable. So now, Dave, you talk as if you've seen this in action. Would the fixed odds, uh, as as you alluded to, uh, that so, someone maybe in the uh, line of a race book manager makes that determination. So is each track going to have to kind of employ the services of a, a good racetrack manager to, to make those no, decisions? Uh, or is it made it in one place? In, in the U.S., uh, essentially, we will sell our content uh, much as we do the export signal um, to various outlets and then those outlets will have the, the the people who manage the book. Um, it's just too much of a uh, too much of a risk um, for racetracks to set odds. Uh, whereas you know there's there's complex algorithms uh, that that all of these sports books operate on for fixed odds, and they can fluctuate the prices as money comes in. And that technology, you know, is probably beyond what most racetracks have. And if they could get it, it's just not cost effective uh, to do it on a one-off basis. So it will be the the sports books that set the prices. Uh, now, Dave, where have you seen this in action, and did you partake in it, and how did it work? Uh, it's been in in Europe for years and years. Uh, I have not personally been in the pools i've seen the pools i've seen the types of wagers haven't actually played them obviously there's variations on the uh the fixed odds themes uh you know for, for the kentucky derby obviously you know the future pool wager is a fixed odds wager um so i've i've partook in that over the years but um i i have not played it in europe but that's uh that's where that's where it's at uh the for the the majority of the play for fixed odds is in Europe right now. I think there's some in New Zealand, some in Australia, but uh, the vast majority uh, is Europe. And, and I, I, I've been to the races in Europe, and you, as you see, just like in Paramutual, uh, you, you'll see Paddy O'Brien, and if all of a sudden he's taking a whole lot of action on the three, he'll get his little chalkboard out, and that six to one will immediately become four to one. So Correct. you get the fixed odds that you bet him at, Dave, but if I'm 10 minutes behind you and I bet the same horse and all of a sudden a lot of smart guys handicap the same way you and I did, I'm probably going to get maybe a four to one or a three to one, depending on the pool. Is that the way it works? That, that's absolutely correct. Absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, it's a good point. Uh, not everyone will have the same price on every horse, uh, to move the the numbers on on the horses as, as money comes in. And interestingly enough, um, based on what uh, several of the uh, the bookmaking companies have told me, if the favorite or second choice wins, they almost always lose money. Uh, they make money when the third choice or lower in the pools wins. Uh huh. So now a, this also a day when a day when favorites dominate. The sports books will will lose money on fixed odds wagering. Uh, so you know, it's just it's interesting because it's a different it's a different model, obviously, than paramutual wagering, and where you know where the takeout is the takeout, and and you're going to make that each day. Uh, like I said it's it's dependent upon the results, and uh, in, in specifically how favorites run uh, to, to to how they do for the day. 
Now, now, Dave, I know you and probably thousands of people that are that are listening right now have have seen a horse and go, you know what? I like her at two to one. And you go and you bet. And as the race is being run, you see your two to one become even money. And then they hit the three furlong pole and you're three to five. And you say to yourself, well, shit, if I knew this horse was going to be three to five, I wouldn't have bet it. Well, you can't unring that bell. In this case, uh, first in line gets the odds he wants is, is the way I'm seeing it. It sounds great. Yeah, I think for a better, it's a good opportunity because it's not going to replace the paramutual pool. So if that two to one shot after you bet, you you know, you've calculated the fair odds and, and you're willing to take two to one. Uh, if that horse goes up to, to five to two or three to one in the paramutual pool, you might make an additional bet at that price. Obviously, if it goes down to six to five, you're happy with yourself because you've got two to one on a six to five shot. So uh, there's there's no downside risk for the betters in this at all. Well, it, it sounds pretty exciting. Now, uh, you're you're based in Ohio. From what you've seen, um, our our the race books, and we're not just talking about the thoroughbreds, we're talking about the harness too. Um, do you see them geared up and ready to go if uh, this is A and okay with, uh, you know, everybody's stamp of approval by January? Yeah, I think that, I think that it probably varies. Um, there are, depending on who, uh, you know, who partners up with some of the licensees in the state, those that, uh, those that already have, international fixed odds on horse racing yeah they'll be ready to go as soon as they flip the switch uh those that don't have it uh you know probably they're, they're they may either be longer in in implementing it or uh probably more likely your, your limits might be lower uh particularly at uh at some of the smaller tracks uh to limit the book's liability well uh you're dead on with all this, and I got a pretty good comprehension just from what you've said. And so I'm looking forward to it. Now, something, I don't know if we're looking forward to it or want to run away from it. And it's certainly, I mean, uh, who, who can argue uh, with an authority named the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act? Dare, damn you to ever say anything against something named so beautifully. Uh, my, my question is, is this that comes to the top of my mind is, who died and left them boss? Well, the answer is uh, there was a COVID relief bill uh, in December of, of 2020 that we all know was, was going to pass regardless of, uh, of what ended up in that bill because of the, the basis for it being uh, massive COVID relief in the, in the trillion-dollar area. And, uh, and the proponents of the bill, uh, which, you know, is mainly the jockey club, were able to uh, convince then Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to uh, to tack that into the uh, the COVID relief bill and uh, and obviously it did pass and and was signed into law by uh, then President Trump so that's the the history on it uh, so I guess um, you know essentially they made themselves boss by uh, by having enough political influence to uh, dissuade a couple of key legislators because the, the majority of, of legislators who voted on this never read it uh, and couldn't have read it. It was a 5,600-page bill, 
and the racing portion of it started on page 5,400 and change and went to 5,500 and change. And I <laughs> they think were Congress by just presented a copy of it Monday night and uh, voted on it Wednesday afternoon. So that's a, that's oh. quick reading. You gotta, you gotta be able to go through the racing form a hell of a lot quicker than I can to, to get that done. So <laughs> now, 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 again, I know you've got a background uh, that generates around business acumen. Dave, if you're starting a new business and maybe you don't know everything about the widget you're producing, wouldn't you go out and talk to somebody that's been producing widgets for 150 years and say, what's the best way to do this? Or what have you been most successful with in this area and that area? What I want to know is why was the HPPA and the Jockeys Guild not involved in something that's probably going to affect them more than anybody else? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's uh, that's a big part of the issue that we have with it. Uh, the, the the costs that are going to be involved is the other major issue. But they they did not consult with industry experts at all. And in the more that I'm on com- industry conference calls, the more I find out that it's you know it's not just the horsemen end of it. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the jocks and uh, and the trainers, and that's absolutely true. But I was on a call today with the uh, Racing Commissioners International group uh, that uh, had some HISA representation on there. And it was a drug st- testing and standards uh, group committee that met. And the lab, one of the lab directors um, who is going to, to be asked to implement the, the HISA drug standards uh, because they test for a major racing state said, you know, I've spoken to all my fellow lab directors, and you haven't contacted any of us. She said, you know, I thought it was me, but it's not just me. You know, this hasn't been, you know, none of this has been brought in front of any of us. And it's not like there's a hundred of them. There's essentially nine testing labs. So to not reach out to any of those nine members is just, you know, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And it shows you that there, it's not a transparent process and it's not a process that they're looking for a lot of cooperation on. They're looking to, to dictate terms. So. Uh, yeah. I didn't see the, any job postings. Did you? No, but they're good <laughs> gigs. I mean, right now for this year, John, the, um, the budget uh, for salaries was 2 million and change. And, as of two or three weeks ago, I think they had three employees and two consultants. Um, and then there's oh. another million dollars for legal fees, which their legal counsel who shows up at every meeting is outside legal counsel. So you can add that to the salary. So three million for six or seven people. That's not a bad gig. No, no. I got to find out where to send my resume. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, be, I'll park valet for him, you know. <laughs> But uh, so and, and anyhow, people are I, hopefully that they've kept up with it. But uh, basically, uh, I would say, is it the, the majority of your membership uh, responsible by July 1st to meet more than just a simple application? But uh, you have to, as a trainer, stop me if I'm wrong, you have to pretty much outlaw, outline what you've done on a day-to-day basis with every single horse you have. Now, for a guy that's got four or five, that might be manageable. But you know trainers. Uh, let's take Jeff Rodasevich, a really popular and very good Ohio trainer. He's has well over 100 horses 
in his care. Obviously, he has an assistance. How is he going to do that on a daily basis, Dave? Yeah, the the new record keeping uh, portions of uh, of HISA, which start July first, as you mentioned, are going to be difficult not only for for our horsemen, uh, but really for veterinarians. Um, the horsemen are required to keep a record of every medication they give, and that's outside of uh, the veterinarian given medication. So they give things like butte tablets, uh, you know, after a work. Um, those kind of things, and they're required to keep a written record of that and produce it uh, at the authority's request. Vets, on the other hand, are required to keep a record of every treatment they do each day and record it in the HISA database within 24 hours of treatment time. Oh, so God. you've got these vets who are out there 12, 13, 14 hours a day, and then they're going to be asked to then go and with it before the next morning, record everything that they did over that 14-hour period for every horse. Oh, boy, we are opening up a can of worms. Well, Dave, listen, uh, big day for Ohio uh, tomorrow. A lot of your horses are going to be racing for uh, for big money. You got some of your uh, Ohio boys even taking on the big kids in the uh, quarter-million-dollar Lady Jacqueline in the Ohio Derby. So, uh, you know, good luck to everybody in the Buckeye State. And uh, when these things start getting implemented, Dave Bassler, I hope we can circle around to get with you and kind of give us an update on what's working and what isn't. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate the time, uh, and I enjoy the show. All right. Dave Bassler from the Ohio HBPA going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're capping up at Thistledown with the one and the only Rich Ruta. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
All right, and now back a familiar voice who uh, he took a year's hiatus. I'll, I'll give him the COVID excuse for uh, dodging me for a year, but I got him back now. I, I hunted him down at some bar outside of uh, uh, what's what's that? Uh, Emory, uh, Randall Road, there you go. You know, Emory Road in Randall, Ohio. There you, anyhow, Rich Ruda, nobody knows what we're talking about anyhow, but we'll start talking about horses at Thistledown. Number one, how the hell you been doing? I'm doing great, buddy. And just a, a cue on what your show does for people. The guy that filled in for me last year, Hugh Drexler, who was our racing secretary, is now the general manager of that track in North Dakota. So bigger and better things happen when you talk to you. Absolutely, and I, I could I could read the names to you guys we had on when they were just little guys that all of a sudden are grade one winners, baby. The list is long. I don't have stars on, Rich. I make them. <laughs> I don't want to be a star. I like right where I am. <laughs> uh, I, really, I really like the spot I'm in. <laughs> everybody I'm I know. Good. I'm good. Sh- Known the people I know, and being involved in Ohio racing and. Uh, you know, John, before we go any farther, June 3rd, Belterra put on the Best of Ohio, which moves around from track to track uh, each couple months in Ohio. You sure they didn't Billy hold College, that at Eddie Myers, fabulous day of racing. They had fabulous day of racing. June 3rd, the Best of Ohio was just super done at Belterra. I watched it, enjoyed it. The Ohio breads are good, John. We've got some really good Ohio breads. But I'll tell you what, the Cleveland contingent came in and cleaned up Cincinnati because except for one race, pretty much people with uh, the Cleveland roots, uh, either jockey or trainer or owner, took down the top spot. So you have a strong uh, group up there for sure. And I I know that your racing office was really busy. Well, uh, we're going to work in reverse if we can. Uh, First of all, set the table for us. uh, I know it's a big day for you. It, it's looking like the heat wave's breaking a little bit from what I'm hearing, and I don't think there's any rain in the forecast. Am I correct there? Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful day. A little on the warm side, maybe in the upper 80s, but nothing like we had the last uh, week, week and a half. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, the weatherman's going to, the sun will shine. We've set up uh, lots and lots of room outside for people. We've taken care of the people that are coming the uh, trainers, owners, everybody. We're doing everything we can to make this day special for everyone that comes. And when you're bringing D. Wayne Lucas and Brad Cox and Mike Maker and Safi Joseph and Kenny McPeak into town, you better have the thing going right because these are these are the guys. These are the stars. These are the these are the guys that make our game. I mean, they, they got the best horses in the world. They're coming here. You know, Jen, putting together this race, I watched like everybody else and rooted for Rich Strike after he won the Kentucky Derby. I was happy for Sonny Leon, the connections. Um, when the Belmont happened and it came up, it voted to me to say, our Derby is going to be really good in Ohio because I knew who was going to the Belmont. I knew who would not race after that day. I had an idea. And I got on the phone and made some phone calls, and boy, they responded. I mean, uh, it worked out well. This is a solid, solid field. We do have a scratch. Brigadier General is not going to race. Right. Uh, yeah, on I don't Saturday. think he, of all the horses I handicapped, he was one that was not a factor, Rich, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, we we're talking okay, about well, the Ohio you know what? Derby. And I think that might have been the contingents 
what they came up with because when you saw who was coming, there's heavy hitters. These are heavy Hell hitters. Yeah. The fall classic is yeah. The fall classic is coming up. Don't rule these horses out. I mean, no, don't no, rule away the, to Barrio these, these are Classic Causeway. Tawny Ford, Ethereal Road, Barish. Yeah. You know, they're nice, nice horses. And when they get to, you know, in the fall, the Travers, the Breeders' Cup, I think we're going to see some of these. In fact, about an hour ago at Churchill Downs, the 2021 Ohio Derby winner, Mask Parade, just won. And that bodes well for us. He just won an allowance race at Churchill, did it very nicely. We're looking for good things from him because, you know, our grade yeah. is responsible reflective of what goes on with these horses he's a nice horse and that was a great race last year mask parade king fury keep it in mind all three of them hit the wire at the same time mask parade went out went on to run in the travers and uh we're rooting for these horses that's what you have to do to keep your grade and to move up a grade or two so we're rooting for that we think we got a solid field this year the horses are on the grounds it's fun it's it's a good card the whole card's good i think you you uh text me this afternoon and said is that late pick did they have a late pick four with the stake races and yes they do john and yes we do and it's a great pick four it's a great pick four ending with the ohio derby starts with two ohio stake races uh goes to the lady jack which came up absolutely phenomenal the lady jack is another race that just came up i guess timing is everything they say you know we're in a good spot if you don't go to the belmont and race on belmont day and they're going to wait for Saratoga or Keeneland, stuff like that. We're in a nice spot, and we got lucky. We got lucky with those horses. We got a great feel for that. It really is, Rich Ruta. And I'll tell you what, we better start talking about horses here and not the big picture. So let's get down and dirty uh, uh, with the Ohio Derby. Again, one scratch in here, Brigadier General. I'll I'll just paint with a broad brush, and then, Rich, I'll I'll let you get into where I should put my dollars. But the three that come to the top is is White Abario. I mean, if you throw out this horse's derby, uh, he's one for one at the mile and an eighth. Uh, he's going to get Lasix for the first time. If he didn't stub his toe in the Kentucky Derby, who knows what people would be writing about this horse. Since then, Safi jo- Joseph says, hey, let me just check, make sure uh, I got the tires on straight. And he goes and blows a friggin' bullet out, uh, 47, best of 50. Uh, so White Abario is legit. And then Classic Causeway. Let's see what the magician Kenny McPeak's got up his sleeve, where this horse is just been turned over to his barn since uh, right after the Kentucky Derby. As a matter of fact, as of Derby Day, this horse went to Kenny's barn. Uh, so we'll see. We know it's got early speed, but the question is the horse's two biggest wins came at Tampa. It gave us two head-scratching back-to-back events and, of course, the new trainer. But the horse does have a lot of back class. The last one I'll mention Best efforts on synthetic, but cannot be dismissed when you put together the combination of trainer Brad Cox and a jockey by the name of Irad Ortiz, and that's Tony <laughs> Port. Whew! Those are the top three in the Derby. Anyhow, I want to get to all four races, but I'm, I take it you, you can't argue with anything I said because those were just facts. Tell me who you like. Well, I do have one thing highlighted. I mean, you when you went to White Barrio, I have a few highlights by his name of what I was what I was going to mention. One of the things I think we got to mention about him is this horse beat the Belmont winner pretty convincingly in the Holy Bull. I mean, really convincingly. Came back and won the Florida Derby. And uh, 
he's probably, he, not probably, he is my horse for the Ohio Derby. I like Gaff Leone coming in to ride him. Shafi Joseph got here Monday. He's got him set. He looks like a million dollars. And, John, you know Kenny McPeak a little better than I do. Are you surprised at all that Classic Causeway is not running on Lasix? Yes, I am. Because this time of year with Derby points over and none of that being held against you at uh, certain mm-hmm. tracks, um, it's just automatic that the trainers do it. So I guess Kenny feels, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And he hasn't seen anything in the morning training that would give him an indication that bleeding bleeding is a factor. But he, he's going to yeah. be part you of the early speed scenario. Uh, and, of course, it looks like he's got a pedigree that would run all day. I, those are just baffling starts, his last two starts, because before that. But, again, those two wins came at Tampa Bay down. So, uh, yeah, right. again, I, right. I'm going with with, uh, with White Abario. There's just so much to like about this horse. You know what's funny about this horse? I mean, here's a horse that's won 823000 Rich. It's only been favored once in his career. Tomorrow, I mean, Saturday might be the second time in this horse's career where it's been the favorite, and it's more, I, It's hard yeah, to believe. I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to be favored in our race. But, John, you know what? Go, I go back to, and I follow these horses, and I see where they – First out for this horse. First out, Maiden. 13 to 1 in wins. Nobody liked him. The word wasn't out. Yeah. <laughs> he was 13 to 1 in wins well, for Well, he fun. had another that, trainer then, that too. That you know, me a little. Safi Joseph. But, uh, it, well, a, 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 anyhow, so, but yeah, so Rich and I both like White Abario, obviously, a tip of the cap to the other two. We may circle back to the Ohio Derby, but uh, there's so much good racing, and we do want to look at a pick four. Let, let's move on uh, to a race that is absolutely packed with talent. Uh, a doff of the cap to you in the racing office, Rich. Quarter million dollars on the line. They're going to be going nine furlongs. This one for the Phillies and Mares. Of course, the three standouts. All graded stakes winners, crazy beautiful army wife and maracuja. I'll let you fill in the details because I could talk all day about this race. It's a good one. Yeah, maracuja. Uh, army wife has won at the distance, John. That's impre- that I like. I like that a lot. Gaffleon rode the horse last time out. Uh, ran well. Didn't run. Didn't run terrific, but ran well enough. This is third start off a little bit of a layoff for this one. I always like that angle. We've talked enough, and you know how much I like that angle. Like that horse, crazy beautiful. How could you not, right? I mean, how could you not like crazy beautiful? And look at those. You're talking works. Churchill Downs, June 18th, 59 and 1. June 11th, 58 and 3. On his toes, going to be, I think, going to be pushed to get on the lead, but that's not. Kenny McPeak, and that's not Brian Hernandez's forte either. Brian doesn't like to send horses. He likes to sit and, you know, find a spot, but going to be good. But, but maybe the best of the bunch and by the company you keep is Maracuja. Now, eight weeks off, but he went off a similar layoff last year. Yes, so, runs well after breaks, does yeah, it? Does it, Rob Altus, you're running against Latrushka, Clarier. You know, I mean, you're running against the... I mean, the monsters, this is the shippers are it in here. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a big fan. We have five shippers and five local horses running. We've got some nice local horses, including candlelight hours. Who's an Ohio bred three-year-old Philly. I'd be surprised if candlelight hours runs in the race. I know he's entered. I'd be surprised. There's so much Ohio 
I know. good things to happen for this champion two-year-old. I'd be surprised. So let's keep it to the horses shipping in. There's not a ton of them. There's only five. We mentioned three of them. You know, if we're going to play the pick five or something like that, it's a good race to use those horses. One of them will win. They're they're pretty much, those five are pretty much in a circle for me. Yeah, and Rich, I think you can't put... You can't put too much emphasis on D. Wayne Lucas. As much as I love the man, I just checked, and yeah, he's the trainer of this horse, but he didn't become the trainer of this horse until race day, according to the yeah, Daily Race right. form. So this horse is just trading well, hands for this gets, race. I mean, uh, Dallas Stewart, I mean, you know, Mel, he studied under D. Wayne. You know, he was All one right, of listen. D. Wayne's guys, and, and you know what? It is what it is. I, yeah, I... The horse has speed. The horse has speed, has some really good workouts. Bayerano comes in to ride. I've been a Bayerano fan, but he's another guy that is not a sender when he rides horses. So, D, take charge, Lauren, might might be up against it a little with the other shippers. The other shippers, right. though, are rock solid. All right, rock Rich Ruda, keep an eye on your clock because I only got uh, uh, two minutes per race for the last two races. That's going to be hard. 13 in the George Lewis Memorial, and these horses traditionally just take turns all season long beating each other up. The older geldings in here. Um, I, I, you, you know, this is one if you're paying the pick for, you better go deep in here again. Hey, Rich, you only got about a minute, so do all right, where's Cat Launch when you need him, John, for this race, right? First Pardon song, me? get I read Ortiz stretching out. First time, you know what? He's ran long before. I mean, he hasn't run long before. He has. I'm sorry. He has. He ran well that time. I'm trying to figure out. I read riding this horse. He's going to be the one. He's going to dictate the pace, and he's no dummy. He's going to make it tough. But I like Danefield, Mobile Solution, and Authentic Cowtown in there. Uh, that's who I like. I mean, I. You're right. The all button is perfect for that race. <laughs> you better have a, you better have some buddies betting with you because there's 13 in the field, folks. Uh, that is great. Uh, let's move it's on then uh, to the races. The Ohio bred race is going to kick off the pick four. Now it's an eight horse field, but you want to talk about competitive? Seven of these horses are coming out of the same stakes race, the and carpet. they all finished great. And real, real quickly, I know we're cut on time. The green carpet, the three-year-old filly, Candlestick Hours, ran seven lengths faster than any of these boys. Any Ooh, of them. The same, cross day, same distance. So don't get me wrong. This race is also up for grabs. Country Club Bobby ran very well to win that race, but there were four or five that could have won that race, too. And at this one, I'm going to try to silence horse, the one, Timmy Ham's horse, did not run all that great in the green carpet, but I think he'll like the mile and an eighth. I think he'll be coming. I think he draws inside. Malcolm Franklin can ride. He's ridden a horse before. I, this is another toss-up, but that's what makes this day for us. I mean, if you're alive going into that last last race, that Ohio Derby, you're sitting on some nice money. Uh the, the, the thing I, I like about the, this race, just going through, you know, I, I think the dangerous horse at the hand barn is, is uh, Tantrum with Irad Ortiz. Tantrum. Uh, yeah. You know, because well, th this horse won at a mile and a 16th uh, last uh, year in uh, was in the Best of Ohio Juvenile. 
Uh, again, it's uh, these these are three-year-olds, and that's why really the last race, the green carpet, was supposed to take place on the turf, and it didn't. Uh, so right. it really doesn't matter because you, you get very few chances to race as an Ohio bred in Ohio because there's only one track, Belterra, with the course. So I think distance might help that horse, but I'll tell you what. Country Club Bobby is an ATM machine. 11 starts, four wins, four seconds, yep. and he's just always there, albeit most of those were sprint races. But it looks like the horse is maturing because it had to stretch out to a mile and a 16th. Uh, it rallied uh, through the stretch in the green carpet, and, and then when he got kind of a horse came with the head of him, and he fought back. But I'll tell you what, they were all coming in the back. So this, this extra 16th of a mile is going to be the telltale for, I'm going to say, the majority of this field in, in here. Uh, Rich, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I don't have any odds in front of me, but, you know, I'm thinking like a mile and an eighth could fit this rumble strip, Ron. But what are the odds on that horse with Sonny Leona? Well, the favorite's, the favorite's going to be four to one in there, it's- Seven to two, four to one. That's it. I mean, it's it's wide open. It's yeah. Quick Country Club Bobby story. I got to spend a couple of days at Saratoga last August with Tom Amos, who at that time was the trainer of Country Club Bobby. He was super high on this Ohio bread, super high. Now he moved to the Jeff Rodasovich barn, and I'm sure that's a logistics thing about where you are and where you're training. Jeff's done a wonderful job for Bruce Ryan with this horse. This is a nice horse, but we could talk about eight horses in here and say, this is a nice horse. Is there a standout? I don't think so. No, you know, I there just don't isn't. think so, but it's a there good, isn't. again, it's a good betting race. It's a good race to lead into your horizontal wagers, vertical wagers. It's a good race. It's a good race. And you know what, John, I, I got to shout this out there. We're going to see the race before that race seven, which starts to pick five. You're going to see a horse, a sprinter called Woodland Walk in there for Doug Shanefeld. Fantastic sprinter. All right. Well, I, I hope our listeners are writing that down because my producer is giving me, uh, giving me the uh, cane and pulling me off stage here. So, Rich Ruta, right. thanks a million. You did a great job. A pat on the back to everybody in the racing office. Super to hear your voice again, my friend. Good talking to you, buddy. All right. Rich Ruta. Up at Thistledown, trying to break down as much as we can. The great card they're going to have on Saturday, a little warm. But, hey, you can sit in the A.C. and watch no matter where you are, folks. All right, well, I want to thank Dave Bassler from the HBPA. Again, great to talk to Rich. And I want to remind you to go over Go to winningponies.com, check out our easy win forms, and you can see our results that have been stupendous at tracks from all over the country. Thistledown is one of them, and wherever you are, if you're not at Thistledown, you can get your action down through betus.com. Go on over to their site and check it out. We love them here at Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.